The wisp of an idea for the pentagram woman began in college while working at the writing center at Boise State University. It happened one night while three of us waited for students to step inside the center seeking advice for their writing projects. We'd been recommended by professors in our field and had taken the necessary courses to work at the center. All of us loved writing in all its myriad forms. Most of us were undergraduates. Most of the time the center was busy, even at night. That night I don't recall anyone stepping into the writing center, which was very unusual. Photo by Pixabay on Pexels.com As I dimly recall we were talking about writing. Of course the other two students happened to be nurses. One of them mentioned that he was writing a book and he would use his expertise in medicine to make the story more believable. Since his novel was a horror story and he was an expert on anatomy, he told me his strategy for making his book believable to the reader. I tried not to squirm when he went into graphic detail. My problem was different. I had to figure out how to write on a subject I had no experience with and had never encountered before. The other writing consultant wanted to be a technical writer and wasn't interested in fiction. I mentioned my interest in multiple personality disorders and wondered how I could structure such a narrative without losing focus or confusing the reader. At the time of our discussion, long before I started writing The Pentagram Woman, I had this competing idea about a handful of nameless genderless protagonists in a fictional world in which the reader could only identify them based on their speech patterns and favorite expressions. Their editor wouldn't know until the very end about their true state of being. I asked the two writing consultants if my idea sounded crazy. As I recall, my wisp of an idea confused them. Our training had prepared us to ask the usual open-ended questions. They asked me what I hoped to achieve, and which genre wouldn't book fit in. Their questions made me realize I didn't yet have enough of Anidia to even start writing the book. From the beginning I had a title knowing the book would revolve around six people. I decided to make them all women. Well, After years of starts and stops with the pentagram woman, I finally came up with a plausible reason for their bizarre existence. I hope to keep the truth of their state of being secret until the end of the book. Of course, I dropped the nameless genderless protagonist idea. Written on the body by Jeanette Winderson had already accomplished that feat beyond expectations. Photo by Fabian Reitmeyer on Pexels.com What I decided to do instead was a technique taught to me and others in freshman writing classes, Just start writing the first thing that pops into your head and keep on writing. I'm sure there is a technical name for this technique, maybe stream of consciousness writing. Virginia Woolf was famous for this narrative form. And teachers use this technique to help shy writers find their voices. Anyway. Once I started using this technique, writing whatever popped into my head generated some unusual characters. At first, I gave them temporary names, then as I got to know them, their full names and backstories wrote themselves. Once I knew my characters and set them down in black and white, I began to write in earnest, putting them in situations which would amplify their personalities and make them real to the reader. You laugh. I know what you're thinking, you're thinking that fictional characters aren't real, they're just figments of a writer's imagination. You're right. The word fiction implies make-believe. According to my Merriam-Webster's Collegiate Dictionary 10th edition fiction is defined as something invented by the imagination p.432. But. The rule of writing fiction is to make fiction more authentic than the real world. Insane, huh? For suspension of disbelief to work a writer of fiction must work harder than nonfiction writers to make this world believable to readers. But before the book can be written writers must suspend their disbelief and create these inventions of the imagination. 
And that is why these characters sure feel real to me. I bet other writers will agree with me. Photo by Jonathan Borba on Pexels.com From the beginning, I put aside the idea that these characters might be imaginary creations constructed by the main protagonist. I did so because even though a writer has full control over the plot, if I knew the ending, then I would inadvertently give away the truth or somehow foreshadow the truth unwittingly. Instead, as a writer, I chose to concentrate on the main protagonist's inner world. With the help of Greek mythology, Michel Foucault's Discipline and Punish, The Birth of the Prison, Baudrillard's theory about simulation and simulacrum, I added my interpretation, of course, of Jeremy Bentham's Panopticon. Once these ideas melded together, I found the answer to the puzzle of how these protagonists ended up in their surreal prison, perhaps eternally living their fragmented, tormented lives. Feeling pleased that I'd finally made a decision about the fates of these fictional characters, I edited and self-published The Pentagram Woman in 2018. Sometime later, I learned about a television series starring Dan Stevens based on a graphic novel I'd never read. Sorry folks. I'm not a graphic novel aficionado. I love SF slash fantasy books. I just have trouble concentrating on graphic novels. I'm usually too absorbed in the artwork to pay attention to the story. Actually, I prefer to imagine the characters in the books I read based in the writer's description and my own interpretation of the character's appearance. I bet there are other readers who do the same thing. I know. I've left out young readers who love graphic novels. I'm impressed with their ability to absorb the beautiful artwork and still concentrate on the dialogue and storyline. Maybe it's a generational thing? This new skill might be an intriguing evolutionary process. Not all of us have it. Is it possible some people can absorb the artwork and dialogue in one glance because of all the amazing new technologies available now? Or perhaps these younger people have evolved into vision ninjas capable of absorbing information in a single glance? Anyway. Where was I? Oh. Yeah. I was discussing my alarm over the television series Legion starring Dan Stevens. It was alarming to learn about New Mutants number 25 created in 1985 and the comic book character for Marvel Comics, David Charles Holler who experiences the rare multiple personality disorder, MPD, which is now referred to by the psychiatric community as Dissociative Identity Disorder, DID. After learning about this character, I worried that I might have inadvertently included some of the main ideas from the graphic novel. Then I watched the series and was relieved to learn I hadn't unintentionally duplicated the graphic novel structure. For one thing, my protagonist in Pentagram Woman isn't a mutant, she's something else, but the logistical problems as a writer were thesamy, how to structure a storyline using a protagonist diagnosed with DID, which may or may not be the true cause of the character's torment, and yet, no to overwhelm the reader with too much information. In the beginning, these annoying others torment the Holler character and the readers have to decide whether these others are figments of his imagination or like him patients in an asylum or something else altogether. These others which torment Holler's character and these others which torment my character still require a structured storyline. There is to be a logical progression. The creators of the graphic novel and the creators of the television series managed to find a way to illustrate the main character's torment and keep the storyline moving. They also omit certain crucial facts from the audience and use the main character's psychological disorder as a plausible excuse. They too are using misdirection to structure rather a storyline. What I hope I've done in my novel The Pentagram Woman is add a bit of ambiguity without creating reader animosity. 
I also hope to achieve a level of ambiguity similar to Gabriel Garcia Marquez's work. I know. In retrospect, I realize my goal was too ambitious. Yet. I tried. I may not have reached the level of ambiguity he did in his body of work but at least I can say I did my best. When I use the word ambiguity, I'm referencing his playful inoffensive type of ambiguity. For example, in his short story Light is Like Water, the children come up with a creative solution to their problem. This delightful story among the twelve short stories in Strange Pilgrims is my favorite. He leaves the answer to what really happened up to the reader. There are plenty of other examples of ambiguity in his books, I'll let you discover them on your own. While writing The Pentagram Woman I hope to emulate the techniques of my favorite writers and thereby create my own writing style. My favorite writing style is Virginia Woolf's stream of consciousness third-person omniscient narrative form in Mrs. Dalloway. I go a bit further than Woolf. Maybe off the cliff? Possibly. I tend to write in third-person omniscient narrative form, yet, I complicate the process by using multiple perspectives with each perspective contributing to the story with internal monologues. Sounds crazy, huh? In certain situations, I complicate the narrative even further by switching monologues between paragraphs, not just chapters. This style of internal monologues for multiple characters was necessary for the pentagram woman, since my goal was to question cultural assumptions about normalcy. What is normal? In the past sacrificing a goat to Zeus was considered normal. With that in mind, I opened the novel at the point when the main protagonist leaves Canal Critical Care, a psychiatric ward, having been diagnosed with MPD-DID. But is she really suffering from MPD-DID? As I understand, people suffering from DID are rare and the DSM-5 lays out the criteria for this psychological disorder. Back in college, at the same time as I was thinking about a book about this disorder, I was reading Janet Frame's Faces in the Water. She is a New Zealand writer. Sadly, she passed away in 2004. She wrote about her nightmare experiences in an asylum when she was misdiagnosed with schizophrenia. After reading her book, her experiences led me to further readings on schizophrenia, schizoaffective disorder. Photo by Pixabay on Pexels.com I started reading secondary sources written by R.D. Lying, Thomas Sauce, and the 1960s anti-psychiatry movement which eventually led to the book The Pentagram Woman. But nothing really gelled until after I learned in college about Michel Foucault, Baudrillard's theory and the Panopticon. In a way, together, these philosophers and writers influenced my book. Since my time in college, neuroscience has made some fascinating discoveries which have Medim questioned my earlier anti-psychiatry movement assumptions about schizophrenia. I'm sure science will reveal much more about how the brain works. I look forward to reading about their newest discoveries. While thinking about the pentagram woman, I knew nothing about New Mutants number 25 created by Chris Claremont and Bill Shinkiewicz. In fact, it wasn't until last year I discovered the character David Charles Holler. After watching the television adaption, I realized my book isn't the same. But like the graphic novel and the television series, I too had to use otherworldly explanations for the existence of the pentagram woman. I'm glad I didn't know about New Mutants number 25 when I started thinking about the pentagram woman, otherwise, I might never have written the book. But the ending, now the ending came to me after triangulating three different moments in my life, a debate about immortality, a sad encounter with a poor animal and a personal bereavement.